of course, when I'm talking to you on this podcast right now, I'm I'm in show mode. You know what I mean? I'm real. I'm excited right now. So I, you hear that in my voice, but I always have moments of where I'm also. Where am I going to get the next idea from? Where am I going to get the next inspiration from? Do I even want to do this anymore? Am I even inspired by this anymore? Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance. Welcome to the Baladance Life Podcast. Here we are diving deep into all facets of Baladance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host Jana Komornitska and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello everyone and welcome to the Baladance Live podcast. I know how excited you got seeing the poster or the title of this podcast announcing our today's guest because yes, we have Sari back to the podcast for our third interview and as I thought right in the beginning of our conversation with her that it's gonna be extremely inspiring and so insightful and yes indeed it was (laughs) it's another one of my favorite episodes that i think it's a must listen for all dancers reminded about some very important things for us to keep in mind while we are also practicing our dance technique Sadi is an inspiration and icon for her students and fans around the world and serves to empower people through the captivating art of oriental dance. She has produced dozens of best-selling instructional videos as well as she created and directs currently her new recent platform Rocks Online, which we talked in details in this interview, including all details on the creation, content creation of Rocks Online and the key points that help her to bring this online program working. So right now, in the current situation of that everyone is teaching online, pay attention because you'll get some interesting ideas and thoughts that maybe you can implement in your own online teaching strategy. And of course, Sadi is also known for representing the art of belly dance in front of millions of viewers on the hit show America's Got Talent. We already had two interviews with our awesome today's guest, but it was back in 2018. At the same time, those were very powerful conversations that are timeless so i highly encourage if you haven't listened to those interviews go back it was episode number 14 and episode number 39 which we talked about different things including social media including feminine energy teaching and learning ethics roots of belly dance and so much there which are literally timeless topics so i highly encourage you go back to those ones too and listen or re-listen them because i do it from time to time too and also of course here for you to enjoy our third conversation and don't forget to send it to someone who you think may get inspiration from it too after you finish listening to this interview so on this note enjoy and see you soon hello 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 welcome to the podcast again to our third interview third edition i'm so really so happy to uh, welcome you and i'm so excited because previous two interviews were absolutely amazing and uh, they're like must listen uh, in my mind for all belly dancers and i'm really really uh, sure that this third one will be one of those two <laughs> Yay! Thank you, Yana. Thank you to all the listeners of the podcast. It's a big honor for me to be back for the third time. Super excited to get into a conversation with you and just, you know, sending out so much love to everybody right now. We're we're in over a year of the pandemic, and I know that um, so much has changed, yet in the same notes, some things haven't changed. And I think one of the most exciting things has been seeing 
the the community really stick together and come together and find creative ways to stay connected. So, and also Jana, I want to say thank you to you for that. You've been creating something here for all of us dancers to stay excited, inspired and connected. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I cannot believe that time passed so far, so fast. So first of all, for all listeners who have not listened to our previous two interviews, you must go back and listen. They were so inspiring and so amazing. And I will include links in the show notes. So it's very easy for everyone to find, to go back and listen to this one. But I cannot believe that our last interview was in 2018. Wow, it's it's more than that's, two years. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is unbelievable to me. <laughs> so in these yeah. two years, there are a lot of things and changes happened, of course. Uh, but one of the main changes that happened to everyone, the one that you just mentioned, is this uh, pandemic situation, lockdown, and everything related uh, to to this. Uh, world craziness so uh i kind of want to dig right away uh, into this topic for you like where did you meet the uh, moment of lockdown well you know it was i remember it very clearly and it was i guess if i had to choose a way to go into the pandemic i it was the best way i could have gone into the pandemic but i was in las vegas at a big event called massive um, I don't know if you know about this event. It's a really cool event. It's two weeks long and they do these really intensive trainings with like maybe 10 different teachers. And I was teaching for the second week and I arrived. It was early March, 2020. And the day I arrived, everybody kind of wiped the sweat off their forehead because we knew we just came in on the day that they were already starting to talk about shutting down flights and, and closing hotels. So my sponsor, Tori Helfen, shout out, um, she was already on making phone calls with the theater to not shut down on us because they were going to shut down. They were contacting her saying, you know, because of the this new information, we're going to shut down the theater. And she's like, no, you can't do this. I have people from all over the world here. In fact, there was a student from Taiwan who we, it was really beautiful because all the dancers at this event were coming together to say, hey, if you can't get back home, you can stay with me. There were dancers from other countries like Taiwan who weren't sure if they were going to be able to go back home because they were shutting down flights. So it was kind of crazy. This was all happening in real time as the event was going on. So every day we would show up in the classroom and the workshops with this kind of heavy atmosphere of like, we didn't know, we all sort of knew that this might be the last time we were gonna be dancing for a while. So we would all kind of say that, like we're so grateful to be here together. We just don't know what's gonna happen after this. So it was really beautiful to be in that experience with these other dancers and students. And we kind of all danced our, heart out, our hearts out, like quite literally. It was a pretty intense bonding experience. And then sure enough, I flew home. I think it might've been like March 14th or something like that. And I flew home and we were out of toilet paper here in the United <laughs> States and people were hoarding and it was insane. And it went straight into a lockdown. So I basically got off the flight and got home, tried to find toilet paper. And I think within the next week they announced the lockdown and my son's school shut down and it kind of just went on from there so that was how i entered into the lockdown oh wow so it was literally last days of uh, probably the last event and last classes in person <laughs> for you for a while that you did that was the last one yeah that was in march of 2020 and i have not done a in-person class or workshop since hmm. Um, a few weeks right after announcement of lockdown, uh, there started the wave and craziness of everyone switching online and figuring out teaching online. For you, uh, the, this topic was not new. <laughs> you were teaching already for so many, uh, for so many years. So uh, probably in terms of switching your teaching online, it was very 
it's not, it wasn't even transition for you. It was just more focus on that. But at the same time, uh, with all this wave and craziness of everyone start suddenly teaching online, uh, did you feel any changes in your activities? Like, did you feel uh, maybe more competition or maybe more attention to online classes? How, how did it go for you? I mean, the experience for me overall has been positive. Um, you know, it's hard to say for sure because I was just getting started. So I had had my my Ross online platform up for about a year before the pandemic started. And then even before that, I was also teaching online classes. So for me, it's, you know, it's been a pretty uh, familiar experience. I think for me, I mean, my, my platform has continued to grow. I don't know if that growth would be different or less or more if there wasn't a pandemic. So I don't really have anything to, to base it on. Um, you know, I guess I'm just always kind of of the philosophy that there is enough room for everyone and everything. And I know that there was some concern. I was a part of a few uh, Facebook groups where people were really like, we're all competing against each other. And how is this ever going to work? And um, in some ways, I can see where that concern is coming from. But I think the online space really isn't much different. Obviously, there's a lot of differences being in person and online. But what I'm really getting at is at the end of the day, people aren't just going to go to any old online space, they're typically going to go to the online space of people that they still want to study with or that they already have a connection with. I think one of the most beautiful things is that students have really shown up to support their teachers and keep their teachers in business and keep their studios open. Um, and teachers have done the same. Teachers have really showed up to offer free classes or to help students who've maybe lost their jobs. So I do think that there has just been this beautiful community effort to like, hey, let's keep this thing working however we have to do that. Um, I also feel like in my professional circle, a lot of us teachers and performers were communicating with each other to see, hey, when are you doing your online thing? And, you know, there was this effort to really try and make sure that we were respecting other people's things and online events. Of course, that gets difficult to do because at some point there's so many of us. Um, there definitely is an oversaturation, and I think students are probably overwhelmed with all the potential of the classes and events that they can take online. But I think that stuff naturally works itself out. You know what I mean? I think at some point students are still going to carve out the, the time that they really want to carve out to continue their dance practice and to stay um, connected with a teacher and and I think that's what it really comes down to I think each teacher is still kind of offering that unique uh, thing to their unique part of the community so I think it just is tending to work itself out I I think it's still difficult because a lot of people are not comfortable in the online space a lot of teachers are not comfortable in the online space and 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 that's a different thing so I do hope we can get back to, uh, to in-person classes soon, but I think overall my, my lasting impression is that I'm just impressed, actually. I'm really impressed with the endurance that students and teachers have all had to just continue doing their best to just figure it out. It's been a difficult, difficult year, and I'm just inspired by what I've seen. Mm. I'm also impressed to hear that uh, you had a community that tried to coordinate events of each other. I mean, community of teachers and uh, event uh, organizers. That's so awesome to hear because uh, when we're talking about online community, online teaching, it's basically a worldwide scene. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's great that you still had a part of that world uh, uh, worldwide community who try to coordinate and support each other at least by not conflicting uh, or trying at least not to conflict in terms of dates uh, and events etc that's really cool because one thing is we are talking about like one city or one country uh, physical events but it's completely different level and we're talking about online space open for worldwide audience uh, with 
basically teachers also from all over the world and still trying like somehow to coordinate among those teachers who you know that maybe those students are potential students of both of like these events let's say so that's really cool to hear it <laughs> yeah i and i and i just wanted to acknowledge that i saw that happening like i don't think that it's completely feasible you know what i mean like it, it gets to be really hard to it's not like when you have a live event you can really be like hey we're having this live event too let's definitely not overlap dates i think it's much harder to do that in the online space but i just thought it was really cool to see that people were making that effort like hey i saw that you're doing this thing on this weekend several people reached out to me with different things I was doing and I straight up told them like, Hey, thank you for reaching out, but do what you got to do, man. Like I, I get it. Like we're all just trying to survive here and I appreciate that you did that, but I am not going to be the one to tell you not to do your online event on this date because we're all just doing our best. And so I just saw that effort and I thought that that was a really beautiful thing to see. And I don't know if it's still the same because I think, uh personally for me i've kind of just drawn into my own little world right now and i do see some of the things happening and going on but um you know my platform is kind of so exclusive to itself that i'm not really competing with any of the other things going on out there so i don't know if that's still the case but i know that i saw it firsthand with my own eyes over several months and i thought it was really nice mm. And uh, for you, like when we did our last interview, uh, Rux Online was a very, very baby project just at the very beginning of its creation. Uh, now it's already uh, past quite, quite, quite some time. So how did it evolve and how uh, maybe did it grow? Maybe you changed even some realization or concept that you put in, in this platform? How, how did it change throughout last... Uh, couple years of its existence. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think we're going into our third year now. It seems unreal to me, but yeah, I think we're going into the third year now, or is it three full years? <laughs> I can't, I don't even know. This pandemic has like really messed up my ability to like understand time right now. But um, the way that it changed for me was Honestly, it was a blessing in disguise for me because before Rocks Online was kind of a side project and um, I was just filming classes and content for Rocks Online in between all the other things I had going on and I knew it was going to be a very slow growing process because I just didn't have that much extra time to devote to it. And then when the pandemic hit, it literally became my sole focus. So at this point, all I'm really doing is rocks online. So it's been pretty incredible. We have been adding 10 to 15 classes per month with myself and other contributors. Oh, which wow. May not, yeah, you know, I was going to say, you get it. Some people might not get what an undertaking that is, but you know, when we're filming professional quality videos and editing and doing all the like image thumbnails and social media thumbnails and all that, it's, it's quite an undertaking and that could have only happened for me in this exact scenario where everything else kind of got put on pause. So I had the time and I'm still juggling this in between homeschooling my son who just barely went back to school in the last month. Um, so even then I was not able to devote as much time as I wanted to because I was homeschooling my son so honestly, for me, it has been a bit of a blessing in disguise. I've been making enough money at Rocks Online that I could survive doing that and I could continue building it. Um, and my partner, David, who we do it together, both of us just, you know, he lost all his other work as well because he was a, a freelance um, recording studio mm. engineer. So he lost a lot of that work too. So the two of us were like rolled up our sleeves and said, let's get to work, man. Let's just make these videos. Let's just crank them out. And that's what we did. And that's what we've been doing. And um, yeah, I just feel super lucky that I, I had that thing already built to where we said, okay, let's just make the content now. Content, content, content. Mm. 
And how was the process of uh, working on this platform and creating content in terms of uh, also homeschooling your son and have a, a kid at home and uh, doing a bunch of other things? How did you manage to not only create content, but you probably also need to organize, to do marketing, to do everything else, not just filming the content. So how did you manage to go through this period of uh, managing home and managing work at the same time from the same place? <laughs> In any way possible, like there was no plan. There was no, um, there was no easy plan or road to make it happen it was literally just happening in real time like um figuring it out and doing my best to make time because i knew i mean there was the motivation that honestly in that moment the only income possibility i had was rocks online and at that time rocks online was really not making money yet when the pandemic started it was kind of paying for itself so Rocks Online was more like basically paying for itself. We weren't losing money, but we weren't really making money yet. So I was really nervous. And I was like, we have to get to a place where we're making money with Rocks Online. And both my partner, David, and I both just said, okay, we're both just going to put as much effort and work into this as we can and not even worry about getting paid yet. We're just going to do the work and hope that, that it starts to grow. So I was literally just, we were both just um, making the time for it whenever we could. So we'd be homeschooling Rumi and, and then maybe he would have, uh, you know, like a weekend where he wasn't having to do homeschool and he could finally watch a movie or something. And I would put some ideas together and then, you know, with a lot of help from family with a lot of movies and a lot of iPad. And I hate to say it, it's, I'm not exactly proud of it, but um you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, Rumi would be in the studio with us when we're, when we were filming and doing stuff. Um, honestly, it just, it like, I can't, I almost don't even know. Like when I look back now, I'm like, we just did it. We just made it happen. And we finally have a little bit of a plan and schedule now to where it's not so crazy, but it was crazy for a while. And there would be sometimes I couldn't work for a week because I was so overwhelmed with Rumi. And then, like I said, on a weekend or something, I would just spend, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day on Saturday and Sunday trying to catch up, you know, where Rumi would stay with that or, you know, we would have to like just make it happen in any way that we could. It, it was wild and crazy. Um, that's, I think, just what you do under those conditions is you just figure out a way to make it work and um, I'm kind of a crisis I have to say I've always known this about myself but the one thing the pandemic has really solidified for me is I'm I do really well in times of struggle and crisis like I'm really my brain is really um, good under the under that kind of pressure to where I can really just problem solve I'm a major problem solver and I was really relieved to see that kind of characteristic of myself really come to the forefront. I wasn't too concerned or stressed. I was just like really focused on like, get it done, problem solve, get it done, problem solve. Now the, the counter to that is that after that's all done, like when you kind of get through the hardest part of it, you can almost hit like a little mini depression where you just need to like sleep for a month. And I feel like I'm actually in that right now so like the last couple months have been I got through the biggest crisis I think and I'm finally in a place where I'm like can finally say oh my gosh I'm, I'm gonna survive this I think and I have just been kind of tired and depressed not in a bad way but just like I don't feel like being online I don't feel like talking to anyone I just need to sleep I just need to be quiet I just I'm not in the mood to do much of anything right now these days and I think that's just the honest kind of kickback to that go, go, go mentality of surviving for the last year. Well, I'm very grateful you still accepted the invitation to chat with us today <laughs> and to share your experience on the podcast. But I definitely know the state that you are talking about and those like downs and ups and different stages in our activities that sometimes we are 
problem solvers and working like a machines to just make it happen. And then sometimes we just need to melt like a butter and just let ourselves uh, re, I don't know, refill with uh, something, energy, inspiration, and uh, who knows when its full forces are back, but it's definitely ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I have a couple questions uh, for that too, uh, curious about that, but I really want to dig a little bit back to Ruxon Line project because there was a couple things that you said which really I think would be very interesting to to talk about a little bit deeper. Uh, so you mentioned that in the beginning of pandemics, Ruxon Line basically was just uh, paying for itself, and then eventually you made it happen. So it actually was. Uh, well, it had to happen uh, to become a source of income to support uh, you and your family. What do you think were the key points that helped you to make it work and make it happen? Because this is the pain point for many teachers these days who are trying to teach online, but things uh, may not really work for them. So in your experience, in your case, what do you think were the key points that made Rux, uh, on, uh, Rux Online really work? Well, I guess I, I will share what I think are the key points that made Rux Online work, but I don't think that those are necessarily the things that a person would have to have to make something work for them. So I do think that there's different formulas, but for us, I think it's just one of the things is that we are a streaming platform. We do offer some live classes, but it's, uh, you know, they're streaming videos so people can go to the website anytime, any day and, and watch the videos. So I think that has been appealing to a lot of people because people are super busy um, and they don't always have the time to show up to a live class, even if they want to. It's interesting what I found on my platform when we started offering live classes, I wasn't getting as many people as I was hoping and expecting. Like we would get like 10 people to show up to the actual live class, but hundreds of people would then go back and watch the replay. So I was like, okay, this seems to be the thing that's working for people for us at Rocks Online is this ability to just come and go as it works for them and fits into their schedule. Um, I've always said that Rocks Online is kind of just the next level of like what DVDs used to do for people, which is, you know, you pop it in when you have the chance, when you have the space and the time to devote to your dance practice. And so that, at least for us, but now what I would like to say is if people are listening, if they think that that's the formula, it's not the only formula because in fact, the other thing that really works that I know is working for other teachers who don't have streaming platforms is in-person accountability. So you kind of have to have both. Like if every teacher in the belly dance community was only offering streaming, we would lose the connection and the interest. So we have to have teachers who are still doing in-person live classes and really holding students accountable to like, hey, you need to be here every Monday at 7 p.m. kind of a thing. Um, and that's why back in the day before the pandemic, I mean, classes are always the most, to me, the, the best source of learning because you have accountability, you grow that connection with your students, with your teachers and your peers. So you're feeling kind of that uh, accountability to them to be there and to do this together. So we have to have both. So I would just encourage anybody out there who is still struggling one way or the other, maybe you can offer both, or maybe you really specialize in one or the other and find out which one is working better for you. Um, that would be my suggestion. But yeah, so we really kind of dialed in and realized the live classes are not the thing that are exciting people so much at Rocks Online. We still do them like once a month, just more as a Q&A. Um, for the, the content that they're working on in the streaming format, but um, it's the streaming possibility. And it's the, the thing that we do is we upload anywhere from 10 to 12 classes a month right now. So that's really exciting for the users. Like, wow, I get this whole new batch of classes, you know, and um, 
I think they like that too, even though they don't use them all, obviously, because they don't have that much time, but we're trying to put out a little bit of something for everyone. So again, I realize that the scale of Rocks Online is not attainable for a lot of teachers and people out there in the belly dance world. So that's why I will share that that's what's worked for us, but that's not necessarily the formula for success. If I didn't have Rocks Online, I think what I would really be focusing on is maintaining connections with my student base and holding them accountable somehow to say like, hey, we are doing this thing, whether it's once a month, every other week, or every week at this time. That consistency and accountability, I think, is really important for the success of anybody being online right now. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. But I'm still impressed. Uh, like this many videos per month, it's uh, it's really impressive. And uh, uh, yeah, it's maybe not uh, uh, approachable by all teachers because it's a lot of content to produce but that's uh, really impressive <laughs> impressive to hear that you managed to to do it and share in your studio like monthly um in terms of your own uh, like journey through this last year and uh, uh artistic mood and spirit like you mentioned that uh, a few months ago you hit this like down moment of uh, either dense depression or let's say relaxation uh, but before that uh, did you ever feel not in terms of work or trying to survive but in terms of uh, dense realities because i know a lot of dancers they hit the point of uh, being lost like oh what is happening like there are no live performances there are no travels there are no live classes it's all online it's all different it's all strange it's, it's all weird is it ever be back uh, uh, to normal and many dances on this ground they hit uh, like this down moment of uh, literally being frustrated and lost and some de even depressed uh, on this for you uh, was it until this last few months was you where you uh, fully focused on work or did you experience anything like that too like this frustration of like what is happening with our dance world <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I've definitely experienced um, moments of like just kind of again I'll call them sort of depressed moments not necessarily because you know depression I think is a spectrum and I think it could be as mild as just feeling unmotivated and tired, as extreme as like, you know, a condition where you need to seek medical help and attention. So I do think it's a, it's a spectrum. And I think that when we get in those places, that is really our body and our psyche and our emotions and our mind kind of screaming for attention, like, hey, something is off. And you might not know what that off is, but it's kind of a, a request to like go in a little bit and take some time in silence, in the quiet, without all the distractions and expectations of everything on you, and to just lay in your bed quiet because you have no motivation to do anything else, right? And so maybe that's the first step is you just need to do that. You just need to spend a week in bed and not do anything else. I totally support that. And then maybe when you do start to get to a place where like, okay, I now I need to walk a little bit. I just need to go for a walk. I need to just start making things happen again. And just starting to have like some self-love and a dialogue with yourself to kind of inquire what is going on and why have I lost my inspiration and my motivation when it's normal. So normalizing these things is super important, especially from people like myself, who people look at me like, oh, she must be a untapped well of inspiration and energy. Of course, when I'm talking to you on this podcast right now, I'm, I'm in show mode, you know what I mean? I'm really, I'm excited right now. So I, you hear that in my voice, but I always have moments of where I'm also, where am I going to get the next idea from? Where am I going to get the next inspiration from? Do I even want to do this anymore? Am I even inspired by this anymore? So for me, the pandemic 
So to answer your first, your question is that, yes, I have had this feeling and experience many times over my dance career. Um, and uh, uh, the thing for me is that there wasn't a pandemic. So I had a contract and I had to show up somewhere even while I was feeling that. So that in, created an inner conflict in a way of where I started to not enjoy my dancing so much, you know, because I wasn't honoring that time that I needed to replenish, to recharge my batteries, to reconnect to a place of motivation from within myself and not from expectation of the outside world of like, you're the drum solo queen, so you better show up with your best, most amazing drum solo you've ever done. Now, whether or not that that expectation was real, that was a voice that I always heard in my head, you know, like I have to be better and better and better every single time. And if I'm not better and better and better every single time, I suck and nobody's going to want to keep hiring me. So this created some conflict within me and it created times where I got really um, unhappy with my, my relationship to the dance. And then the pandemic came and it was like, Oh, wow. I don't even have to create this internal uh, conflict for myself anymore because now I have an excuse to go ahead and slow down and nobody's going to be mad at me for it. Um, for me personally, this pandemic has been like the biggest blessing in disguise. I'm not saying that I would wish it because I know it's been very destructive for a lot of people, but for me personally, this year to just kind of step back and focus on other things in my life that are important and to take a creative break. Like we don't hear that very often. You don't hear very often about people just needing to take a break, right? We get fatigue and I don't want to be like a robot machine pumping out drum solos just because I'm good at them. I want to do a thing because I'm inspired. And for me, inspiration, it takes time. It needs time. And so sometimes you have to have a break. So for me, the, the pandemic has been amazing for that. Um, I have, like I said, in the last couple months, I haven't danced much. And it's only been the last couple days again where I find myself act like dancing. I don't even know it sometimes, but I'll be in the kitchen and the music is on and I'm like dancing around. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting inspired again. I'm starting to dance again, even in a way when I'm not even uh, conscious of it. You know, it's just coming out. That to me is inspiration, and that's the kind of inspiration I need to do my job well. Mm, yeah, and it's this, those moments that we are not performing, we're not dancing for someone, we are dancing for ourselves. That's the most precious one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed also that on your social media, specifically on your Instagram, one of the recent posts that you shared was a um, recorded interview with a transformational uh, coach. Uh, is uh, working with coaches something that you do on a regular basis or was it just a one-time uh, thing that you got inspired to do and then you shared online? So I have actually worked with coaches um, throughout the years, and a lot of times they've been dance coaches, actually, but um, I've always been really interested in, in self-growth and personal growth. As I told you before, I love podcasts. I'm always listening to podcasts, and, you know, gosh, I'm 43, so I've been reading self-help books since I was, like, 18 years old. I mean, I remember when Tony Robbins was like the one and only uh, self-help guru here in the United States. And so I've been around doing this for most of my adult, well, all of my adult life, actually. But I also know that you can't self-therapize. Like you do need to have another person who can kind of fill in the gaps of where you're seeing and where you're getting stuck. So I have always been a huge fan of therapy, psychotherapy. I've been in and out of psychotherapy my entire adult life. Um, so to answer your question is that, yes, I, I do work with coaches on and off. Uh, I had been really busy, so I hadn't. So that's another really nice thing of the pandemic is I have been back in therapy. And as you saw the, the thing with Saima, who I'm actually signed up to do um, about three sessions with her to start. And 
Um, in the past, I have done it also through dance, where I contact other dancers that really inspire me, and I work with them on a new choreography. A couple times, I've never used the choreo. I just had them help me with a choreo, create a choreo just for me, and I tell them usually something vulnerable about myself. Like, I really want to be good at this thing that you're really good at, and for some reason, I just can't get there in my own self-expression and my own dancing can you help me with that and they do and they push me like no 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 come on now we're gonna you're gonna do this thing even if you're uncomfortable with it so I've done that for a handful of years with coaching with other dancers and mentors and I think if you have the resources um that you should prioritize that I know not everybody has the extra finances to do that but you can find things that are not super expensive and I do think it's one of those things especially if you are making a living off of your dancing I don't know that there's too many other things that would give you the return on your investment like that because you're growing and as artists that's what people are always looking for are you growing are you offering something new when you come to the stage or you come to the workshop do you have something more to give if I was still teaching the same workshop I was teaching 15 years ago I don't think people would still have me, but I come back and that's one of the consistent things I hear from students at workshops is like, I've been taking classes with you for like 10, 15 years. I took a workshop from you 15 years ago. It's been the most amazing thing to see you grow into your womanhood. It's been so beautiful. And I still love you as much, if not more today than I did when I met you and I fell in love with you 15 years ago. To me, that is like, the number one most incredible, beautiful compliment I could ever receive. So yeah, to answer your question, um, yes, I am in, I do work with coaches. And I think if you anybody can, you should. Oh, wow. That was really unexpected. And I'm sh absolutely sure that most of our listeners, uh, unless some of them are your close friends, are really like... Uh, uh burning their heads <laughs> with this idea like oh my god that uh, who would think that you would take uh, coaching from dancers to work on certain choreographies because we always have this feeling like oh for teachers especially for stars acknowledged dancers international dancers they already like figured out how to uh self-improve and learn on their own uh, even if you don't like let's say say oh we think that they know everything but even if they acknowledge the importance and of course that everyone is keep learning that's the part of professionality and part of uh, uh, being able to stay on among those acknowledged international uh, dance stars but uh, to think about this idea that you would coach with someone to to work on your dance skills that's mind uh, opening for Oh, I hope open mind, uh, no, mind opening for <laughs> many dancers, uh, especially who may be right now entering uh, in their teaching career. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of teachers had this uh, idea like, oh, if I'm a teacher, I'm not studying with anyone of him. If I'm studying, I'm keeping it secretly so nobody knows about it. And here you are just sharing it openly like, oh, I am also doing this coaching with other dancers. That's so inspiring and so, so great to, to hear. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm happy. I, I am guessing you do the same because I can hear how excited you are. And you know, it gives you so much. You get so much out of that. It's so worth it. Yes, and especially now, like also another uh, good side of this uh, unfortunate situation that we are all right now in, it's that we have access to literally every, like almost every dancers all around the world. So if before we had maybe didn't have opportunity to go and study with someone and either it was not available just because of schedule or because of distance or money like spend also on traveling now everyone is literally online and you can take so many different like classes courses private sessions so yeah like right now i am excited because i i just like 
first of all, it, it was very unexpected to hear <laughs> that from you. But I also like uh, relate to my experience. Like I, I have no idea how many like right now courses and classes I'm taking from so many different teachers. And it is inspiring to learn from someone, but also to work on one-on-one as a in kind of case of mentorship or coaching. Uh, and it's important for everyone, not only for students or people who think they're students, but also for dancers who think they're teachers and maybe they are mentoring someone, but they also need to grow and, uh, uh, to get some mentors. So that's, uh, that's really cool to hear from you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, and just to kind of bring that around to other industries and other professions, it's very common to get coaching and to get You know, I think, especially in the belly dance world, and I don't know where this mentality came from. I feel like maybe you and I have talked about this before, but I sort of remember coming up as a dancer and a lot of dancers taking pride in saying that they learned by themselves and they never had a teacher, which first of all, isn't usually true. They're just saying that, but they did take classes from somebody. They just don't want to acknowledge that that teacher was their teacher for whatever reason. And then there's this like pride of like, I did it all by myself and that makes me more special and more unique. And I'm like, actually, no, because if you think of any other thing, skill, a trade, an art, it is an honor to say, I am from the lineage of this person. I am from the lineage of this thing. And especially when we're talking about a cultural dance, I would never think that that's a badge of honor to say that you learned how to do this dance on your own without any connection to somebody from that culture or that lineage. So to me, that's never made sense, but I don't, don't, and this could just be an isolated thing to hear in the United States. I don't know, but there has been a lot of that where you just um, dancers and, and teachers act like, it started with them, you know, like I'm the one who came up with all this. And it's kind of like, I've never liked that. I've always thought that that was strange. And if you think of the professional world, um, or you listen to any other podcast out there in the world, they're always talking about leveling up. And the number one way you level up is by reading as many books from other successful people Um, at the top of their game and getting into a mentorship program. They all say that, but for some reason in our industry, and I think there's this pride thing with artists of where they think that that's going to somehow negate their creative process or their talent if they admit that they were inspired by another artist. And I just am here to say, like, get rid of that thinking. That is just so... um, putting the cap on your limits. Um, and I've just never thought like that. And I just don't think that that's serving in any way. I think that my creativity and my talent has only gotten better as I have shared, as I have been inspired and learned from others. And I also like to just shout out to musicians, because if you think of musicians, musicians, you could be on a beach, right? And you could like some musicians total strangers could just like gather whether they're drummers and a guy or a girl with a guitar and a, they will just get together and they will start vibing and they will start inspiring each other and there's no competition. And you know what I mean? They can just enjoy that experience and that moment together and walk away inspired rather than, you know, I'm, I'm the sole guitar player here by myself playing all by myself. Like I just, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. So I like that you brought this up and I, I appreciate that you also understand that. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Uh, in terms of uh, um, coaches and uh, mentors, um, what do you feel if you, of course, if you had any, uh, but maybe you had any, you know, breakthrough transformations as an artist in the recent year, but I'm not talking about dance skills. I'm more uh, about uh, maybe the psychology or maybe mindset as a dancer. Uh, if uh, you feel like any coaches or mentors like helped you to 
unblock some of the barriers that maybe you had or opened your mind to some new ideas? Of course, if you don't mind sharing anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if you have a specific question about a certain thing or a certain area, but I feel like as I'm evolving and growing as a human and as a woman, I'm always reevaluating that aspect of myself through my dance. Um, you know, I think it's just, it also just goes hand in hand with the journey of life and how we grow and what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Like if I knew at 20 years old, what I know now, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm always growing. I think for me, I just always want to feel more free in my body and more free in my spirit and less constricted by expectations. Um, And I'm also like a person that gets really turned off by trends. So whenever something is trendy, I'm usually the first one to be like, I'm out of here. Like I want nothing to do with this trendy (laughs) thing. And I know, and I've always been like that. I've always, always been like that. Even I remember in like junior high school and coming to school the next year and seeing all the kids wearing the trend. And that would just really kind of like, gross me out like come on are we like individual do we have any individual taste here are we all just doing the same thing so um that's just kind of a a, a part of me as my personality that um I I want to make sure that I'm kind of being led by my inner guidance and not too persuaded or skewed by what the outside trends are and that's really hard to do because the thing is, the truth is, is that can mess with your money and that can mess with your status as a professional. You know, if you're not um, coming with the things that the the industry kind of demands and wants from you, I had to make a conscious decision kind of when social media really became a big thing because I was a YouTube star at one point. You know, I had my my viral video that wasn't really by my own thing it just sort of happened naturally and I was still pretty young when like Facebook became a thing and Instagram became a thing and I started to see the trends of what was happening on those platforms and I really did I remember really making a conscious decision around how I wanted to engage in those platforms and how I wanted to present myself and I could have very easily went with the trends and probably been successful at that but it just wasn't really speaking to me and I kind of had an inner conflict I even have had dancers talk to me about that like Sadie why aren't you doing that though you're so pretty and you're so you're the best dancer like why aren't you on Instagram doing all these things that I see the other dancers doing and I'm like it's not because I can't I absolutely could if I want to it just doesn't speak to me and so I'm just I think it's this, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it because that really speaks to some dancers and that is their medium and that's how they express themselves and they are really confident and happy doing that. But I think that's what it kind of comes down to is just always aligning with like, is this the thing I want to be doing though? Is this what I really want to be doing? Am I doing this for, because it's what I want to be doing or am I doing it because it's what I think others expect of me or because it's the trend or because I think I'm not going to be successful if I don't do it that way. Um, I guess I'm always kind of philosophizing on that. So kind of goes back to the, the self-help and the, the therapy stuff and the coaching stuff is like, I just want to really like be able to look back and say that I was, pretty true to myself. I mean, I know we're always learning and we're evolving and we're changing and we're growing, but um, I just want this journey to be a self-growth exploration and journey for myself. And I know now I'm already feeling myself going off into the woo-woo worlds and all (laughs) that, but that's just what it is for me. Um, And I know that that's not true for everyone. But I think the lesson just continues to be how am I serving, how am I serving myself in this journey of dancing? And not in a selfish way necessarily, but in a way of that if I am serving myself and keeping my needs fulfilled in terms of 
being able to express myself and to learn something about myself and to bring my lived experience into my dancing, then I think I'm helping others with that too. Hmm. That's really what it comes down to for me. And that's such an important uh, question to to ask ourselves, especially in in the world or in the situation when dance becomes our profession and then dance also transforms into our income and in this especially in this uh, uh, very unusual circumstances of like real literally like trying to survive and uh, worry about so many different things going all around us and sometimes we may lose this this is something that we talked also talked also in the previous interviews i think it kind of goes <laughs> again this topic of uh, uh, being professional and trying to build a successful career, but at the same time not losing this excitement and uh, true connection to the dance uh, as something that, first of all, needs to serve us. Uh, so right now, in this uh, current circumstances that you also kind of can right now a little bit relax in terms of trying to uh, build the platform that can support you and your family, uh, but looking back and reviewing things how right now do you feel dance serve uh serves you as a, a woman as a dancer what place it has personally uh for you in your heart <laughs> hmm, that's so cool i love that because i've actually been thinking about that quite a bit um i don't know that i can fully like verbalize or express that yet um, because I'm learning all the time what dance does for me. Um, but one thing I'm realizing once again with this break from the pandemic and um, not having the pressure to perform on the same level that I was before, that I felt this kind of initial, like, like I was really like, okay, I'm taking a break because I have it now and I just want to be done with dance for a while. Um, I was really excited about that and I really wanted to take the break and I have been taking breaks. I mean, with the exception of rocks online, but um, I've been eating a lot of food and I've been enjoying it and I've gained 15 pounds and I've really been okay with that. And um, I wasn't really sure how dance would start to call to me again. And I was kind of waiting to see like, is, am I okay? Like what would happen if I just dropped dance right now and I never came back to it? Would I be sad? What things would I be missing in my life? And would I miss it? Would it call to me? And it has been starting to call to me again. And one of the, it's just this like freedom in my body to move. Like it happened today, actually. I told you like I was in the kitchen and I just, uh, Kiss came on from Prince. And I just was dancing and going and I didn't even realize it at first. And then I kind of caught a glimpse of myself in the microwave uh, reflection and I'm like going to town and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a dancer. Like, this is freaking cool, man. Like, I am a dancer. Like, I know how to move my body and I might be that 80 year old woman that just like busts out dancing one day and people are going to be like, what? You can do that? Like, you know, I have a talent. I'm a dancer and that's just really cool. So I think there's just a little bit of pride that I have knowing that I'm a dancer. I'm, I've earned that, like I am a dancer. Um, and then there's the health aspects of it that just to me cannot go, like I can't say enough about the health aspects of dancing. I'm a 43 year old woman who has been on the roller coaster ride of hormones, who has managed the health of my body who has been sensitive and intuitive to the needs of my body. And I think so much of that comes from dance because I know so many women, especially in the Western world here in the United States who are so disconnected from the true connection that we have with our bodies. Like they don't even know their themselves that well. Uh, for example, I got COVID at the beginning of March and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that this would be the same scenario for anybody, but my initial, I am so responsive to my body. And I learned this through dance. Two days before I even had symptoms of COVID, I felt energetically a change in my body. Like I knew it. I just, 
energetically knew something was off and I thought I had COVID and I'm like, that's so weird. Am I a weirdo? Well, I called the one and only person who I could have caught COVID from and said to her, hey, we were hanging out the other day and we were careful, but not careful enough. And I said, I don't know, I'm feeling off. And she's like, well, do you have symptoms or anything? I was like, no, I don't have symptoms. But I just, I'm having this feeling and this intuition that something's off. She goes, well, I, I was going to call you. She was exposed five days before that, and she didn't have any symptoms yet either. So she wasn't sure, but she was told that, you know, the person that she caught it from called her. Sure enough, two days later, we both came down with symptoms and we got COVID. But all that to say that, like, my relationship with my body because of dance has made me so in tune and sensitive and like embodied and I would not trade that for the world. And it's not to say that it makes me a healthier person, it makes me a more sensitive person. So I listen to the needs of my body and because of that, I think I'm a healthier person. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Like dance literally uh, established this different level of connection or not even different it re-establish our connection to body the natural one that uh, many people lose in this modern lifestyle and modern life and uh, yeah that's so cool to hear and i'm uh, happy to hear that everything uh, everyone recovered and everyone was think everything was okay afterwards uh, but it's also an interesting example of like really being in tune uh, with your body and knowing uh, what is happening before actually before even knowing it actually <laughs> yeah 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 i think um that and just knowing like now also like at my stage in life exercise like at some point most of us realize like you have to exercise if you want a healthy uh flexible mobile life right um and then I'm thinking about, like, how do I want to engage in exercise for the rest of my life? There's so many ways we can do it, but I am seeing now because of the pandemic and not being as active through dance as I was for the last 15 years, like the impact that has had on my body. Like I can feel, you know, I gained some weight. I can feel not as in shape. I feel, you know, that my joints are not quite as flexible as they were. So I'm also just recognizing the health benefits of being so um, mobile and active through dance. And I also just think dance provides so much more than a lot of other forms of exercise. I would say sports in general, because you're doing all these dynamic movements and functional movements rather than just going and like doing a treadmill and then hitting some weights, you know, which can kind of just, it just doesn't get all all the different joints working together and functioning together. So I just think that there's something about dance that really is incredible in terms of uh, an exercise program that gives us so many benefits that I don't even think we actually scientifically know yet, but I think we're starting to understand that. So yeah, for me, dance is going to be my chosen form, whether it's in the kitchen or whether it's through workshops or, you know, if we do get to go back to social dancing at some point after the pandemic, um, I'm absolutely going to be dancing for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's so cool. And uh, I'm pretty sure many of our listeners would love to do so too. <laughs> and on this note, I would like to ask you, can you please uh, tell our listeners where they can uh, follow your activities, your dance activities, where they can follow and find out more information about your online classes, uh, to join, uh, to try to move or to continue moving but with you uh, for continuous uh, like dancers and where they can uh, find all this information yeah well it's pretty easy it's just rocksonline.com so r-a-q-s-o-n-l-i-n-e.com that's where all of my classes and as i said we do do usually one sometimes two live classes there per month we also have a Facebook group that is for Rocks Online members that has really grown over the last year. We have like 700 plus people in there, 700 members, people who have been members at one point or 
our members currently at Rocks Online where they post videos of themselves and they, they like it's taken off. It's not even, I don't even have anything to do with it anymore. I go in there once in a while and say, hey, and um, check on people, but people are sharing videos of themselves in there. And it is a private group and we do monitor the group. So we make sure there's no inappropriate stuff happening in there and we block anybody or delete anybody who's so far we haven't had any inappropriate stuff there but just to let people know it is a safe space to share dancing and to share the practice that they're doing at rocks online um i would say other than that the place i am most active would be the rocks online instagram page which is uh rocks underscore online and then my personal instagram page which is i believe sadie belly dance however i've the last couple of months I took a little break from social media and, you know, I'll probably be coming back a little bit here and there now, but I'm not, um, I'm not the kind of person who's like posting on the regular basis. I just, when I'm hit with some inspiration, I will post there on my personal page, but it's usually the Rocks Online one that I'm posting on a regular basis weekly. Mm -hmm. And I'll make sure to include all these links also in the show notes. So for all people who are listening, you can easily find there both social media and websites and check out uh, all the inspirational stuff that uh, uh, you kindly offer to the dance uh, community. And the platform that you build is really impressive and amazing. So congratulations on that. And of course, also thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with us and sharing your experience and uh, different transformational moments and uh, tips and advices and ideas and it's uh, always so inspiring and so cool to uh, talk to you and uh, to listen to your uh, experience and dance stories and I'm really really thankful that you uh, accepted the invitation to be our guest for the third time Aw, thank you so much, Yana. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you for the invitation and sending out just waves of love and inspiration to everybody listening and hope to connect with you all again soon. Yes, that's for sure. Number four, five, and six, and 10, and 20. <laughs> um, I, I love to talk, obviously. You know, I'll, once you get me going, I'm, I love it. So I'd be happy to come back anytime. Well, I also would like to sum up with a question, which is our traditional question. And I'm pretty sure your perspective and approach and answer may really like change or give you new insights into it after since our previous interview. But our traditional question where we finish every interview, regardless of what we talked about, is sounds like this. What makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? Oh, wow. Um, I would say the music and the process of just discovering what my body is capable of and creating with that music that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week same time same place